This is History in the Making, The Cloud King, Cody Devine, and you're listening to Wrestling with Altitude. Welcome back to the Wrestling with Altitude podcast. I am your host, Mr. Fourth Row. And joining me on this episode, we're going to do another Fan Friday edition of the show. I got uh, Mr. John Graft. John, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Artie? Am I'm I allowed doing... to call you Artie? Do you call you oh, no, 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 you can do whatever. I mean, it's, yeah, okay. but kayfabe, it's not a problem. I'm doing, doing, <laughs> doing well. Uh, yeah, just a little, uh, of course, uh, people have not been following the news. Uh, Denver's air quality has been really sucky lately, but I'm hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning of the weekend, it was the worst city in the world. And then by Sunday, we approved the number two worst in the world. Um, I actually have <laughs> asthma and, and just bad respiratory. Yeah. Even when I was an athlete in high school, like, you know, I'd be working out every day and just still not catch up with my peers. And um, I can feel it. My lungs have been burning, um, yeah. coughing. Uh, my fiance had a sore throat. We actually got COVID tests before we went to church on Sunday uh, just to make sure it was the air. I mean, that's how yeah. bad it was. Yeah, I know that's that's me too. I'm I'm the I'm the sore throat kind of person because I suffer from uh, seasonal allergies of like ragweed and things of that nature. So yeah, it's like oh come on, you know. Right. <laughs> so uh, first question out of the shoot: uh, How did you uh, get introduced into this uh, wacky world of uh, professional wrestling? Well, um, originally I got into it when a lot of people my age, uh, just for perspective, I'm 33 right now. So uh, a lot of people my age got into it, which was probably 97, 98. Um, I won a, when I was a kid, I won a radio call-in contest for a WCW pay-per-view. It was, um, it was the one with Carl Malone and Diamond Dallas Page versus, uh, what was it? Dennis Robin and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I believe that's what it was, and the disciple came out and interfered, and the bad guys won. Um, but I basically I was a big basketball fan growing up. Um, I actually lived in Orlando for a couple of years. I'm from Memphis, but I lived in Orlando a couple of years when it was Penny and Shaq, and I was four four or five years old, um, and they were doing really well. So I've always been a big basketball fan. So that's what made me call in, and then I was just hooked. Um, you know, the celebrity appeal of it, uh, I was hooked, and my parents actually wouldn't let me watch WWF at the time because of the Attitude Era content and me being, I don't know, 11, 12. Uh, but I would sneak it. You know, I would sneak it on occasion. And um, it was just a big, big fan, like a Goldberg, Goldberg mark. And then getting into Attitude Era when my parents went to sleep, because obviously The Rock and Stone Cold were incredible. But I also outgrew it shortly after the invasion angle when uh, Vince bought WCW. I think a lot of people outgrew it at that point. And so I really didn't rediscover it until... Uh, I guess it was the the Daniel Bryan um, era, like the 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 revolution of the Yes movement, uh, yeah. Shield getting started. Um, it was before I moved to Denver. By I guess I don't know a year, maybe two. Uh, I started to get back into it, and uh, just really, 
you know, I liked it. I, I definitely could tell I outgrew some parts. And but so I, I moved to Denver, and I tell who's the woman who's now my fiance, Whitney. Uh, I tell her, hey, this is WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. I say, look, I, you know, I've gotten back into this a little bit. Uh, I think Undertaker will retire this year, and that was always my favorite, and I never got to see him live. So can we go to Dallas? Can we go to WrestleMania? Like, it's not going to be the best wrestling in the world. I know it's a sacrifice for you, but um, I'll keep your beer cup full. And can we go? And uh, can I just see Undertaker? And he was actually wrestling Hell in a Cell with Shane McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when we went, I, I had heard about the Indies, but really didn't know anything else about it. Um, but we also got tickets to a Ring of Honor TV taping, uh, my first exposure to Ring of Honor, and the WrestleCon Super Show, which, if you know, is always a hit. Um, just a really big deal down there. No storyline, just a total dream match lineup, and it was great. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about it. Um, I think the match that really got me into indie wrestling was at the WrestleCon Super Show Progress. Uh, the company had their first match in the United States. And uh, for the championship, they could now call it a world championship. And if I remember correctly, it was uh, Marty Skrull versus, uh, it was either Osprey or Zack Sabre Jr. Um, I think they were both on the card, but I don't remember. Um, so, 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 yeah, it was my first exposure to uh, the European kind of English style of, like, you know, chain catch wrestling. And uh, I loved it. Uh, the characters were obviously bright and loud. Uh, I think we all know indie wrestling is a little bit more uh, tolerable for a lot of adults that may feel like they've outgrown WWE. And I, I turned to Whitney and I said, I have never seen anything like this and I'm hooked. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're enjoying this, but this is noticeably different than anything I've ever seen. And so after that, I, I just dove deep. I, you know, obviously enjoyed the rest of the card. Um, but I, I dove deep into indie wrestling. When I got back, I started looking up all these things. Um, trying to figure out, you know, what, what all exists outside of WWE. Um, cause I did feel like I'd kind of outgrown that, you know? Yeah. And so I got into, uh, PWG, um, uh, which I'm, I'll tell you about in a second. I've, I've since kind of become a PWG regular. I got into that. I got into progress back before it got bought. Um, started watching, uh, Rev Pro, you know, companies like that and, uh, moved to Denver. And around that time, you know, I discovered Lucha Libre and Laughs in Denver as well. So this was kind of the catalyst for me starting to get involved in wrestling uh, was I started going to Lucha Libre and Laughs and my career by default is in sales. So I have no problem just talking to a random person saying things people wouldn't normally say. Um, gets me a lot of freebies here and there. Sometimes, it, you know, my vulnerability might bother somebody or embarrass them. But, uh, you know, generally just going up and talking to people, you'd be surprised what happens. So I, I met Nick Gossert, the guy who owns and runs and books Triple uh, F. And just told him, I said, hey, I love this show, and I'm getting back into wrestling. It's like, if you ever need anything or if I can get involved. And he said, look, man, just keep spending your money on me, um, but nice to meet you. And so I started basically telling everybody about the show, like all my friends that don't like wrestling. I don't want to drag them with something they're not going to enjoy. But this show, you know, for those who haven't been, it's stand-up comedy and wrestling. Mm -hmm. Match comedian, match comedian, and during the matches, the comedians are making fun of it. And so it's very good to invite your friends that may normally blow off when you invite them to go to something else. And after, you know, after a couple of years on my birthday, you know, my birthday around those shows when people would actually want to come out that don't normally, I had like 30, 40 people coming out. And uh, because of that, the wrestlers started to like me, I guess, more because I'm helping them get paid, you know. Um, I think I, I did the math once, and as Lucha Libre Laps grew at one point, I was averaging probably five. Five ten percent of their overall sales, like when they were smaller, 
I brought people, and as it got bigger, I brought more people. So because of that, I got good friends with Nick Gossard. And uh, during this time, I went to my first PWG show, which was Battle of Los Angeles 2017, I believe. And uh, that was in Reseda. Uh, obviously, it's the best wrestling in the world. And it was mind-blowing to me to actually get to go to that. And, you know, I'd been watching it and learning about Reseda and really wanted to see a show there. So at that time, I actually made a couple friends, uh, really good friends. One is Mr. James Vanderbeek on Twitter, uh, Jeremy Tate. Not sure if you know him. He makes what he calls the Jeremy memes, where he combines faces and bodies and makes puns and different memes. And uh, I guess, I don't know, he's got like 30,000 followers. He makes shirts for wrestlers and is just really involved. Uh, he lives in Seattle and is a big part of that scene. And the other guy I met was Chris Bryant, and he's from Australia. He is an artist, previously a wrestler, um, kind of knows everybody in that side of the hemisphere, like uh, you know uh, Mark Davis and the Aussie Open and you know a lot of those guys. Like He's actually good friends with himself. Uh, we made friends uh, over that weekend, and they started being my travel buddies. Um, I guess, did you, did you want to talk about the trips now? I mean, Oh, well, I, I, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I was going to, uh, wanted to dissect with you because, uh, before we even recorded, uh, uh, we, uh, I, you don't know this, but we have some, uh, shared experiences. Uh, number one that you talked about was WrestleMania in Dallas, WrestleMania 32. Uh, how did, uh, that experience work for you? Uh, did you, uh, just go to the WrestleMania and then you said like the, uh, ROH uh, show? Did you do any of the uh, uh, WrestleMania access stuff, or did you kind of focus on a little bit of bits no. and pieces here? So the big deal with my partner Whitney, um, who's now been to numerous wrestling events, um, the casual fan, or I guess the indie fan that doesn't travel, if you knew what was on her resume of what she's seen, it would it would blow your mind. Um, she knows when she sees a good match, but. I really don't care. Um, so the big deal when we travel is I need to carve out some time for her. Um, some of these WrestleMania weeks can get very enduring. Like yeah. we went to Orlando and, you know, we split time at Disney with her family and also wrestling. And it's just very taxing. So yeah. um, I couldn't do everything I wanted to do in Dallas, but I also didn't know what all was out there. So I went to Ring of Honor. We went to uh, WrestleCon Super Show. We went straight to WrestleMania. We didn't do any of the access stuff. Okay. We were in that crowd that couldn't get into WrestleMania for a long time. Yep. Uh, we were all stuck outside. Yeah, so, um, which I thought the big thing about AT&T was their uh, connectivity, right? You know, you'd think they have that. Uh, but that was really all we did that was wrestling related. We went to the six, what was it, Sixth Floor Museum, the JFK Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very insightful. Uh, and we did, we did a couple other things. We stayed with her friend's aunt. So we had to spend a little family time too. Um, but that was all we did that time, you know, uh, Orlando, we did more new Orleans. We did more, uh, Orlando. I think I went to eight shows, um, which was exhausting. Yeah. I can imagine. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, but yeah, did you, did you want to dive into anything else on that? Uh, you said you had a couple things you wanted to dissect. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's there's that, and then, uh, what uh, what was the catalyst of uh, looking for, um, you know, the independent shows in in the area? Did you just do a, a quickie uh, Google search to see what was there, or uh, how you know well, I, you, you I, highlighted Triple L? I, I mean, yeah. how how did that highlight? How did that stand out to you? Yeah, so I think like Facebook ads or something had okay. just picked up on what I was googling. Um, because, yeah. you know, I would click on some wrestling, it would show me things, advertise things, and I'd click on it to give me more. 
Um, and so at some point or another, maybe it was just a poster tape to a telephone pole. I don't know. But I, I saw <laughs> Lucha Libre and laughs and just said, man. And uh, I kept getting there early to get my same little seat. And then before I even knew Nick, uh, I reached out. It was my birthday. And I was going to have like 10 people show up. But they weren't going to get there 20 minutes before doors. And so I emailed uh, the, the, the office of Oriental because, um, you know, one of the manager, one of the partners, Andy, is also the bartender. And I would always take care of him. And just say, hey, look, I got you. You probably know my face, but like, I got eight, eight or ten friends showing up. They're not going to get there early, and I don't want to have a bad seat. What can we do? Um, can I buy like group tickets, or can I get in there early? And and he said, look, man, I got you. And uh, so you know, it was a really. It's always been a good experience at the Oriental. I think I I just got into it randomly, but quickly after that, I mean, I immediately um, just fell in love with the concept. You know, it, it's great. It's a great show for the last fan and the it's a great show to tell your friend about that also hasn't watched wrestling. Since yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. I mean, I've, I've highlighted, so uh, I've highlighted them so much, so many times on this show that, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's the, like, like you did mention the, the comedy, uh, that's, you know, happening, uh, when the comedian does their set. And then also after they do their set, they join the, uh, commentating team to do commentary live over the wrestling. And, uh, you know, so the audience gets that little bit as well as the wrestlers get that little bit of, you know, when they're Sam when and they're Nathan trying, are. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say Sam and Nathan are the perfect pair. I think they used to watch wrestling together when they were kids. Yeah, because uh, they've been longtime friends and the chemistry they have. I know Nathan has moved to tell you right now and we're starting to use some other people. But man, the chemistry they have and their love for wrestling and their skill of, of comedy that they already have. I mean, it's just so perfect. You know, Sam Talent is probably the biggest comedian out of Denver right now. Um, you know, very well known. And, you know, he came out with that book and he's been on Mark Maron's podcast. Like, he's blowing up. Yeah. And he's been with Nick since the beginning. And honestly, like, if he charges normal booking rates, Nick, he may not be able to use it. You know, these guys have grown up together and it's just organic. And I, I think the recipe of why Triple L does so well is, you know, half the people there are not your typical wrestling fan. Yeah. Uh, they've got a lot of first timers and they got a lot of people that come back, but they don't full, they don't actually get into other wrestling because of it. And these people, they don't really know who the feature wrestler is. Like when Keith Lee was in the main event, he was going to WWE in a week. Right. And uh, obviously he's got the charisma to win drunk people over. Right. He's just, <laughs> he's funny. He's charismatic. And he's, he's just got that gorgeous smile and, you know, just that chemistry. And uh, nobody knew his name, right? But they could tell, they like, they don't know who the feature is, but they were into it. And they kept chanting Limitless because they forgot his name, but it was written on his, on his trunks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's just really, like, I, I think the recipe of Nick's success is he does tell a story with the local wrestlers um, and does what he can. And, you know, the feature is just a, a blowout match. But these stories that they tell, and you know, the, the serial nature of it, I think, you know, gives people a reason to come back that may not normally. Yeah. And, um, you know, he does, he does a lot of work with the um, people that don't eat up all of his budget, right? So he uses them and relies on them, and that's why he was able to succeed during the pandemic. Yeah. And, and, and he does also do a, a lot of uh, guerrilla marketing, pun intended, uh, you know, right. with, with it as well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he's great at it. You know, I don't know if you know his background, but he, you know, he used to work in comedy. Right. Um, yeah. he did, he's done a little television writing. I mean, he's got, he's got like marketing experience and writing experience and it really shows there's, there's wrestling bookers out there that can't book nearly as good as what he can do with just the local guys, you know? Yeah. 
and uh and his marketing is really good and you know his new podcast is great like he's a man of many skills he's an odd man that he is a brilliant man yeah and, and you know he's like the mad the mad genius um but yeah man and not only that he gave he gave me an opportunity so you know i'll go into the trips in a second but my my second pwg show was all-star weekend it was a two-night um i tend to go whenever there's multiple night events there because uh, you got to fly and whatever and I got an extra ticket. I don't know if you've ever heard about the, the way PWG tickets sell, but they, they sell through PayPal. And that means when you click on put a front row ticket, for example, um, in a venue of 300 people, right, uh, in your cart, it can still get sold out from underneath you. So there's all these people that are logging in and hit refresh, hit refresh, and you've got to have another tab open to make sure your PayPal is already logged in and you don't waste any seconds because it'll sell out from underneath you. Well, I accidentally bought two tickets. Um, didn't mean to. And, you know, you can easily sell it on Twitter or whatever. But uh, I reached out to Nick on Facebook and just said, hey, I got this extra ticket for PWG. And uh, I've already booked my flight. I got an Airbnb, entire unit. It's got a couch in it. And I rented a car to go all the way up to Reseda. So if you want to go, um, you know, I know we don't know each other. But if you want to go, like, the ticket's yours. And you don't have to pay to stay in my unit or whatever. Like, that's all. I've already paid that. No problem. Just, you know. You just have a ticket you, you want to make sure it gets used. Yeah. And, I, and, and maybe yeah. used by somebody that's always wanted to go and never gotten the chance. Yeah. Well, we didn't know each other outside of brief conversations at a show. Um, you know, he knew I brought people, but that was it. And he bought his flight like 15 minutes later. And, you know, he offered, he said, what do you want, you know, besides just buying a ticket? I said, not really anything, man. Like, just when we're in the rental car in L.A. traffic and it takes an hour to get to Reseda, just let me ask you what it's like to, you know, book wrestlers and tell me some cool stories and let me just network with you, you know. You can help me out later. And so, um, you know, we had a great time. We bonded. Uh, Ron Jeremy was at the show we were at. And um, that's a funny story now, you know, because of his <laughs> allegations. Um, but because of that, you know, I got in with Nick, which got me in with some of the other wrestlers just because I was friends with Nick. You know, they didn't treat me like a fan or a mark or whatever when I would come talk to them and whatever. So, you know, long story short, going to Triple L forever, um, I started getting there early to make sure I got my seat. This time, you know, Nick would be fine hooking me up with, you know, my seat. And uh, I'd get there early and the wrestlers are kind of, you know, planning out their things and talking to each other. And so they just knew that I was Nick's friend and um, I ended up becoming really good friends with Mike Seidel. Um, just, he's a really sweet guy um, when he's not being sarcastic. And, you know, like when you get to know the guy, he's just so kind. And um, my partner decided to invite, you know, he's vegan, and decided to invite him to lunch with us the next day to go to City O City, a local vegetarian restaurant. And, uh, you know, I was kind of like, all right, Whitney, ask this guy, sure. You know, like she's blind to kind of his skill level and you know why i might have been intimidated asking and the guy just says yeah sure man like yeah let's go so we go out to eat and ever since then you know we've been really good friends and we we talk all the time um i've 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 hung out with literally pretty much his whole family uh all three brothers he's got another brother dan that doesn't wrestle um they were in town uh mike and dan and they came to a halloween party with our friends that we were going to and uh really just got to know these guys you know yeah um outside outside of the shows and uh Slowly but surely, I kind of became friends with all the guys in the back. Um, even the ones I'm not, like, close with still know that, uh, I don't know, I don't want anything from them. I just want to do my part. And if my part's getting people to the show to spend money, 
that that's an important part, right? And, uh, you know, that I'm in sales and literally, like, if that's how I want to utilize my sales skills is get my Uber driver and my barber and, you know, my bartender to just randomly go to these shows with me. Um, that that's, that's needed, you know? And, and so I guess I just earned the respect of these guys and, uh, I try not to take advantage of it and, you know, make make them money and just treat them like people and they've reciprocated. So I'm really thankful that, you know, I took that trip with Nick. Uh, Nick is, man, you can ask him anything in the world. He'll never take it seriously. He'll give you a sarcastic answer. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but he, he's also been an incredible friend. He's, uh, he's going to travel uh, pretty soon. I'm moving back to Tennessee and he's actually going to travel there for Whitney and I's wedding next year uh, with his, his wife, Leah, you know, he's, he's that important of a friend now. Yeah. So, you know, really, really, it, it all just kind of happened organically, man. You know, like, sure. I could have kept using the owner of the Oriental to get my seat, but I'm really glad I invited him to PWG and I didn't want anything from him. And, uh, you know, it just kind of turned into a thing. We've also since gone to, um, uh, we went to All In. It was Nick sitting somewhere else, and Whitney and I went to All In, and those were related shows. And then Nick and our friend Sean, who works with Buddy Boy Brands that sponsors Nick shows, um, we all went to Double or Nothing. And uh, it was Double or Nothing or All Out? Uh, I think it was All Out. Um, so we went to that. We also went to the GCW uh, Two Cup Stuff show. Uh, Nick started getting kind of sick when G Raver got, I don't know if you heard about the thing that happened there, but this guy almost died at a show, uh, like Nick Gage style, like got sliced open by a light tube um, and literally had to be rushed out of there to the hospital. And he couldn't wrestle for, I think it was over a year did like nerve damage. Oh. And uh, Nick got like, he, he hates light tubes for that reason. And kind of has a love hate relationship with GCW. Like he's entertained, but he doesn't, doesn't um, like that style. <laughs> Thinks there's, you know, stupid. And, um, he, you know, he left like, after that. He's like, I'm not staying. It's like, you know, this guy almost died. Like I'm leaving. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, we've traveled around a lot and, uh, you know, seen some things, um, you know, the Chris and Jeremy and the guys from battle of Los Angeles, they have since become my, uh, traveling buddies for like WrestleMania weekend. Uh, so we've all gotten Airbnbs numerous times for that. Uh, PWG, although I've gone to plenty that they haven't gone to and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, you know, um, those guys have become really good friends as well. So, uh, you know, whenever you find somebody you can get along with in wrestling, which isn't all that common always, right? Make sure you, you know, nurture those relationships. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, another shared experience all out, uh, well, it's amazing to think that's uh it's that was all out 2019, but the world as uh, it is, uh, you know, that right. was you know kind of the last one before uh, the one that's coming up now. Um, what did you uh, think of that uh, show? Because that was kind of the the big the last big thing before AEW, you know, got on the uh, the regular on the uh, on the TV. Yeah. So, well, actually, so there was. And you might, I might need your help here. I'm not in front of a computer. So there was All In. And then the next show was Double or Nothing in Vegas, right? Right. And then after that, it was All Out. But did the TV start, like, right before or right after All Out? 
Oh, well, we we're, we're talking October, so uh it was okay. when when TV started uh for them being on there, so all out would have been Okay, the, so it was all last, in, yeah. double or nothing, all out TV, right? Yeah. Is that the order? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So you might have to refresh my memory slightly on the card. Um, Dubler, I, I can tell you Dubler Nothing in Vegas was great. I was there completely solo. Yeah. Um, made friends there. I saw a lot of PWG friends there. We all hung out. Um, but that had uh, John Moxley's debut, which we all thought there was no chance, at least then, because it was not, not at the peak that we thought existed. Um, so obviously a big surprise there when you know he showed up and ran through the crowd. Uh, that show had, uh, what was it? Uh, I remember Pac, Pac having an incredible match. I don't know if it was Orange Cassidy that time or maybe I don't remember, but I remember there being some really good wrestling on that. But what was the what was the card of All Out again? I remember liking it, but uh, well, All Out, of course, uh, you know, you had the uh, the the buy-in, you know, beforehand. Um, uh-huh. We had the. Uh, uh, what what popped me was kind of towards the later part of the show was uh, Cody Rhodes coming because um, I'm a big Star Trek fan coming in the uh, Star Trek uh, uh, themed uh, ring gear you know with with his brother okay. and and everything like that that really kind of that kind of popped me we had you know that uh, no uh, him versus Cockle... his brother was in Vegas wasn't it right right yeah but this was you know this is of course after you know but he was just accompanying him. Is what I was saying. Oh, gotcha. On, on, on that, yeah, on that match, yeah. So he was with that. Uh, we had that uh, crackle, uh, cracker barrel uh, uh, match yeah. as well. <laughs> Hangman versus Joey Janela cracker barrel match. That that was the show stealer for me. You yeah. know, I mean, Hangman showed he could work a Janela style match, and Janela showed that he's more than just a you know a outlaw mud show unskilled. You know, he's good at it. Like he actually does well at those matches. Um, but that match was great, and there was the Cracker Barrel. Um, yeah, that that I mean that really stole the show for me. The uh, um, I don't remember what you call Hangman's finisher right now, but when he did he drops on the ladder. Yeah. Uh, was it the hammer? I don't remember something. Um, but yeah, just dropped him on that ladder. I mean that was a, that was an incredible match. Yeah. That was up there probably for the whole weekend of wrestling for me. Yeah, yeah, that was and for me because uh, I went with my. Um, a uh, friend that lives in uh he lives in the uh quad city areas of uh of illinois so he drove up uh from there uh picked me up at the uh at the airport and uh we went so <laughs> literally i literally flew in that morning <laughs> it was a long day oh, for me but yeah you didn't make a weekend of it did you well i did make a weekend of it uh you know um because uh, we went to that and then uh on sunday we went to uh wrigley field watch the uh Cubs uh, take on their opponent uh, on on Sunday. Uh, it was nice too go. because uh, Cubs fans, if you're listening to this, that was uh, uh, Lee Smith uh, Appreciation Day, which was uh, awesome because I kind of that was a big thing for me back in the day when I got into baseball. I turned on the turned on the TV, turned on the Superstation WGN, and what did I find most of the time? Lee Smith trying to finish out a game for the Cubs. So it was like, cause wow. uh, you go, know, cause that was uh, that you know they didn't have lights back then uh, yet. So you know they had to play those day games at, when it was at Wrigley. So yeah, so it was good. Wow. It was a, it was a fun weekend, and like I said, and it just was long. But I had to uh, because it was also Labor Day weekend. Uh, I had to get back, uh, uh, you know, as as soon as possible because I had a volunteer gig on Monday. So it was a. Uh, uh, Monday morning, like 6 a.m. So it was uh, in and Ooh. out uh, long <laughs> weekends. So it was I was uh, doing the uh, 
doing the uh, caffeine, just trying to get through it, and <laughs> it was. But I wouldn't trade it for nothing because it was just an, such a great experience, and um, it just sold me on AEW. Uh, you know, being that you know they're they're just doing something different. Um, you just the way they take on things. And, you know, right. and, you know, here we are, you know, now, now I am a oh, cheap plug, you know, filling in for the uh, uh, AEW podcast, uh, AEW Week in Review. Look it up, guy, uh, people, listeners. Uh, so if you want to check in on that, so that's uh, that would be oh. great, too. So, um, yeah, so it was just fun. Um, have you become a since we're kind of talking about that? Have you become a, a fan of the uh, AEW? Oh, and then I also forgot to mention that, of course, I ran into Nick uh, at the show there. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was like, funny meeting you here, you know, so. Oh, at the uh, All Out? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, you know, one, I have, because, you know, to answer your first question, um, yes, you know, I have, I have become an AEW fan. Am I going to sit on Twitter and every time WWE messes something up or every time AEW has a, you know, incredible show, sit there and talk trash about superiority? No. Um, I am a I am a fan of of the opinion you know that some people have and a lot of wrestlers have that op- more options is good for everybody. You know, mm. More options of places to get paid and get exposure, uh, it's it's just good for everybody. You know, fans don't have to watch anything they don't want to watch. You don't have to follow anything you don't want to follow. If you don't like death matches, don't watch GCW. Yeah. But don't sit there and say that there aren't people that do like that or even prefer it and that they shouldn't be able to watch it. Or don't sit there and say, I hope a company closes down because you're not entertained by it. No, like a, a job for more people is good for everybody. Um, and just because I like AEW and GCW and a lot of the indie stuff does not mean that somebody that has given it a shot and doesn't like it can't just stick to their WWE. You know, like, yeah, I think, I think what makes AEW great um, for me and the people that like it is it's not overly produced. The commentators don't have, you know, Vince in their ear, um, breaking their train of thought. I could, I could never do that if somebody was talking to me, like t- continuous statement while somebody else was trying to talk to me the whole time, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that's what's good is it's not overly scripted. As we saw, uh, one of the guys in the acclaimed the other day in his rap made some, you know, statements uh, trying to be a heel that have ended up with him in kind of hot water. Uh, talking about that Olympian with mental health. And I think he made like, I don't know, an inappropriate reference to rape uh, <laughs> against the, what is her name, Julia Hart, who's like 19 and yeah. technically a coworker of his. Yeah. You know, so, you know, but that's really the first time that's happened outside of, you know, if you want to say that Domino's, you know, pizza cutter spot. But, um, yeah. you know, I think that's what makes AEW great. Um, it's not perfect. It's, it's not. It is, they, did, they didn't start with the resources you know, that everybody else had. Obviously, Tony Khan and getting on TNT, that's more than enough than you would expect for them to get started. Um, I know I was surprised by you know, how strong they started, but I think that's what makes it great is it is vastly different from WWE yeah. um, with the how it's not overproduced, how they are really focused on building these new stars like Jungle Boy and Darby Allen. These are guys that WWE would have never given a shot. And not only are they getting a shot, but they're actually getting consistent airtime and investment in a real story they can work with to give them that push. Because um, if you give somebody three weeks on Raw but don't do anything with them, how can they capitalize on it, right? Yeah. And that's kind of my critique of WWE is they, um, they kind of lost me when they stopped 
caring about like real story. You know, they had like they had like fifty writers, um, and then Vince changes it all ten minutes before the show, right? And or they'll they'll start with something, and the fans kind of like it, then they just change it. And anytime there's a big match, we have to watch that same match for three months. Yeah, you know, they just keep having rematches, and it just never ends. So you know, outside of Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens, um, when they were the tag team and they ended with the Festival of Friendship, like that was the last time I was really impressed by WWE. And I think a lot of that was what Kevin Owens and, and Jericho did. Um, those guys are obviously great on the microphone and they apparently had good chemistry. And, uh, you know, God knows how many times they had talked to Vince. Maybe not at all. Maybe he loved it, you know. But that was something that I was invested in. That storyline went on for you know, almost a year or something. And then they blew it up with festival of friendship. Uh, and, uh, Whitney and I cried a little, a little bit, you know, like you, you knew he was about to turn on him. And when it happened, I was just heartbroken. And I think I was half heartbroken because I, I knew how long would it be before I ever got that entertained by wrestling again. Yeah. And that was the sad part. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of AEW because of all those reasons. It's not overly produced. Uh, they listen to their wrestlers. And also I think a big part of it is, these wrestlers get on AEW with a, a character that they own, that they've already established and are very comfortable with. So now they get on national TV, they get in front of a large audience, probably larger than they've ever worked. You've got some stage fright and you know jitters to get over. And they find comfort in the fact that they're doing what they've always done. It's not like you signed a WWE and they're like, all right, we're going to change your name and you know change your gimmick entirely. Yeah. You know, um, it's you're truly the guy that you said you wanted to be. Yeah. And, you know, and speaking of that, that that particular point, what's it like for you when you see, of course, you and I both know a lot of the guys and gals uh, from the local. And, of course, and then we get to kind of see them there on the uh, AEW, whether it's uh, AEW Dynamite, AEW Dark, Dark Elevation, you know, probably soon here on, on Rampage. But what is it like for you going, hey, Royce Isaac was just on AEW Dark, for example. I I think it's great. Um, I can tell you, you know, a, a few things. One, uh, I had ring announced for Abaddon before, and I always loved her gimmick because I like yeah. spooky stuff. Yeah. And uh, she, you know, let's be real, she hadn't wrestled for very long, and she was very green when mm -hmm. she started. And it's not like AEW didn't know that. You know, there was a lot of the Reddit crowd and stuff that, um, we get on there and be like, yeah, but she's, you know, she could exercise a little more and, uh, she could really work. She's her wrestling sucks. And they had no idea that she had just started and AEW didn't sign her for who she was, it was who they thought she could be. And they, uh, D Dustin Rhodes has like, re he was the one that liked her in the dark match. Uh, cause it was her and Heidi Howitzer that worked out, uh, with Dustin Rhodes when AEW came to Denver. I don't know right. if you know this. Yes, I, I do. And, I uh, this, yeah. Okay, good, yeah. <laughs> and we all, we all kind of thought that Heidi would get the nod because uh, Heidi, while still very new, uh, really has that, that shine and that chemistry, right? Mm -hmm. And that charisma. And she, like, works the cameras, you know, and Abaddon was a great gimmick, but she was just still very great at the time. And I think a lot of people thought Heidi was going to get the nod. Yeah. And uh, so Dustin really liked Abaddon. And since then, you know, they've, they worked and they worked and they worked. And now Abaddon lives in Texas, going to his school. And, uh, she's, you know, what, what amazes me is I've gotten to know her since more since she's gotten such signed yeah. and it's how serious she takes it. Um, so that's really cool to see, uh, her progress. I think for her now, when I heard Mike Seidel got signed or not signed, but you know, getting matches, I couldn't, I couldn't be more proud of this guy. Like he was a friend. 
he had told me at Triple L, he said, look, man, a long time ago, I actually considered um, stopping wrestling and just kind of focusing on my career. And if it wasn't for Nick's show, I don't think I'd, I'd still be doing it. Like, yeah. Nick kept booking me, and when I thought I was going to stop doing it. And now, because I'm ring ready, I got this opportunity. And uh, so that makes me really proud of, you know, not only Mike, but, but Nick. You know, the fact that Nick kept investing in this out-of-town guy, and he's the champion, and yeah. um, kind of gave him some notice. So I really couldn't be more proud. Um, and also Matt. You know, I've hung out with Matt a couple times, and, you know, Matt Seidel, and it was really good to see he was a glorified jobber until Mike came, and I guess they still are, but uh, how fun is it to work with your brother, right? I yeah. know they'd always wanted to do that. And Royce, you know, Royce, he didn't just well, leave Denver. He's been doing it in L.A. for a while. Well, that's true. But, and, uh, uh, yeah, before you even uh, get to that, but uh, uh, Matt and Mike teamed up in Triple uh, L before they tripped, uh, They uh, teamed up uh, in uh, AEW. So, yeah, so that was Nick, Nick had the uh, forethought that this is what, and you know, getting you know, and of course it was now you know, kind of a uh, little foreshadowing. Uh, you know, it was with uh, with uh, Royce and Jarrell Nelson, uh, which of course uh-huh. you know, been on that there too. So I mean, everything's connected. It's just really weird. Yeah, you know, Nick has an eye for booking. There's plenty of people he's booked that have since gotten signed. Uh, he's really got an eye for for women's wrestling as well. You know, with his other gig, uh, Respect, which I think is going to start back up soon, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, he's he's always had an eye. He is one of the few. He's, he's probably the only wrestling booker I know that makes profit. Uh, I don't know much about Rocky Mountain Pro's finances because they got the school and everything. But, um, yeah, Nick stays within his budget, gets sponsors, and is, is profitable. And that is um, – almost unheard of you know, with, with a lot of shows. If anything, they just try to break even a lot of companies, you know, yeah. to do it because they love it. And so Nick's got an eye for it. And because of that, like, I couldn't be more, you know, I, I was so happy with Mike and Matt because, yeah, they'd worked this. And not only that, um, I've done some ring announcing with IWC Legacy, which is a Mexican-style Lucha Libre company in Denver. Because uh, I have, one of the trips I haven't talked about is I've been to, Mex- I've been to Tijuana more than, most people that don't do shady things uh, to watch the wrestling there. Uh, <laughs> Crash, Crash Lucha Libre in Tijuana is excellent. Yeah. And a lot of times I would go when PWG was on a Friday in L.A. and the Crash was running on Saturday, I would, I would go to L.A. and then go down to Crash in Tijuana, take like a bus or rent a car or whatever, get down to San Diego across the border. Yeah. And uh, then I'd fly out of San Diego when I was done. So I'm a big fan of Mexican Lucha Libre and uh, follow that as much as I can. Try to read up on it more than just watch it because you don't always know what's going on, you know? And so because of working with as a ring announcer, I've gotten to work with some great people. And one of these people was Matt. And I had met him once before when he'd worked a show. But um, And Mike had told him we were friends. You know, hey, John's going to say hi. And that's actually a friend. So be nice to him. But when he came back, um, I was ring announcing. And I reached out to Matt and just said, hey, you know, once again, this is Mike's friend. Um, I'm going to be your handler. I'm going to pick you up from the airport. I'm going to work with you. Uh, so that's, you know, it's going to be fun. Let me know if you need anything. Um, and so Matt and I ended up after that show, uh, Thunder Rosa, Priscilla Kelly and Ruby Rays were featured on, uh, respect running the same night, Nick's other show. And I, I told Matt, I was like, Hey, you know, I'll take you back to the hotel, but if you want to like get out and do something, this is going on, or I can take you somewhere else, you know, whatever, like let's hang. And he said, yeah, you know, let's, let's go to respect. I'm friends with some of these people and, you know, it'd be nice to catch up with them. So we go there after. And then, um, he, uh, you know, he was trying to figure out, like, like what do we do after this? So I got 
all the respect wrestlers and I got Matt and we went to the bar next door and, you know, kept hanging out. So I have gotten to know Matt, um, you know, on texting terms and, um, yeah, you know, just the Seidel brothers are, are friends. So getting to see them work together, yeah. uh, not only locally, right. You know, but, um, getting to see them on TV and have great matches. I think they're, re- they're wrestling the young bucks and Kenny, uh, coming up. It's like Dante Martin and the Seidel's versus Kenny and the Bucks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, will they win? <laughs> I don't know. But like, to get to see them have, you know, quality matches against quality opponents, you know, always exciting. Yeah, and I and, couldn't be happier. And getting in, and getting mixed in, like you just mentioned, getting mixed in with the uh, top-tier uh, people in uh, AEW. So that's going to be a, a lot of expo- right? exposure. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I remember when I was going out with Matt, and, you know, I'm not going to put all of his – history you know on this podcast but for anybody that doesn't know they can go look it up it's all public but you know i i asked him because he's not he wasn't currently signed to anybody he'd already done his time with wwe as evan born and gotten released and he'd already done his time in new japan and uh you know that kind of ran its course and um i just said it's like so what's your goal right now man you just hustle in the indies or are you going to try to get in with the AEW guys like and he said you know that's the idea i don't really have any um there's nowhere else that I can work right now, you know, that, or that I might have a good opportunity with. So that's kind of the idea. And, uh, you know, he's got the, an, another, so he's, so he's got the Seidel, Seidoja, I don't know what he calls it, but he's got a wrestling school down in uh, Tampa. And, um, what, what's his name? Uh, Creed, uh, oh, Xander Creed from Denver that used to wrestle with Triple L a lot. He lives down in Tampa and, and works or goes to his school. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you knew that, but, uh, yeah. So like, there's a lot of overlap, right. And to get in with a wrestler, you just need kind of one good friend of a friend or, you know, commonality. And a lot of these guys are super kind, you know, um, cause they know they wouldn't have gotten where they're at without people like us. So, but yeah, man, um, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just, was, I just was agreeing with you and, um, you know, the, the biggest the kind of point of is that is is the highlight what I'm trying to highlight here is is, is the fandom because you're going to be able to enjoy this, especially, you know, it always it always starts at a, a local wrestling school for for all these. Not a lot wrestlers right. get get our uh, have got the uh, the pedigree to, uh, you know, just get right in with you know, one of the big companies. Right. And so, and, and for me, it's just really fun because, you know, we, I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of the people that I've, when I've got started in independent wrestling and now they're spread all we got in, at least in Colorado, we've got somebody almost everywhere in all of these big right. promotions. You know, we've got, we got somebody in cool. Like we got somebody WWE, we got I'm somebody in ROH, that. we got somebody AEW, you know, yeah, like, you don't you don't have that as a kid. Like, sure, maybe you were a kid when CM Punk was around and you lived in Chicago or something, right? Like, there's, yeah. I was from Memphis. We had Jerry Lawler. Right. But, you know, when you become an adult and you are involved for more than a couple years, you get to see, you know, you like, I've actually grown up with these guys. Like, sure, I'm a couple years older than some of the wrestlers, but a lot of them, we're right on the same track. And uh, we've all gotten older together, you know, and to see them progress in their careers and uh, it, it's just a treat, you know, they, they have become friends. So I'm, I can say I'm genuinely proud of these guys. And, um, uh, yeah, you know, like I, it, it is just so cool to see some shoes. Cause I mean, a lot of people will never make it out of the Indies, man. Yeah. A lot of these people will never make it out of having uh, a main career and wrestling on the side. 
And there's so many people that love it so much, but, you know, for whatever reason, they just um, don't have the, the talent or the look or the charisma, or, or maybe they just don't get the opportunity, you know, like they just don't get seen by the right guy. It's, you know, opportunities, preparation and, and luck combination is something right. I always heard growing up. Yeah, I and too. <laughs> so you got to be in the right place at the right time, but you also got to be game ready, mm-hmm. you know, and um, yeah, not everything happens like, like with Abaddon where she'd been wrestling less than a year and, Kenny Omega and Dustin Rhodes are like, we're going to take a chance. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like not everything happens like that. Yeah. Um, well, and, but you know, yeah. that's the thing It's Rocky mountain pro has produced a lot of, a lot of people and they have a lot of connections mm-hmm. and you know, they're not even my favorite local in town, but man, you gotta, you gotta respect the, um, there's a lot of wrestling schools that act like they have those connections. They'll act that they'll act like they're going to get you booked somewhere and they don't. Right. So you got to respect Yaden for, um, providing these opportunities for other people to seize. Yeah. Well, in going back to the uh event in uh AEW uh, a couple years ago in uh, in Broomfield, you know, it, I mean it didn't it didn't uh, hurt yeah. that uh Abaddon uh took on uh, Hikaru Shida which I mean, made her uh, look like a million bucks. I uh, know that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I mean that that match and you know that uh that face lick, I think that's what I think that's what uh uh-huh. I think that's what put her over. Yeah, so that, that know, character um, this is into... different. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail, but um, you know, we obviously know that Sheeta is a very established wrestler and is quite capable even before she got to AEW. Yeah, um, that was just a lot of people in, in the United States' first exposure to her. It was for me, right? Um, but I've since learned this woman is a puts on bangers and matches, and you know, is very qualified for the role that she has. And uh, I think that was a great partner uh, for Abaddon. You know, she she truly looked terrified, and. Um, you know, I, I like I said, going back into it, Abaddon, all I know about her, if, if anything, is that she's a real hard worker. And, you know, in that one year she'd been training before that, you could tell that she had done enough to be able to, I mean, that was probably her best match at the time, was that dark match. Um, just incredible. And, she, you know, she stayed in her reins of, of what she knows, and she really got her character over, and, um, you know, she did great. And I think, I think Sheeta was half, half the reason, you know, mm-hmm. um, was able to hide her, maybe, I don't want to say it makes it sound a bad way, but it's not a bad, like just lack of experience. You know, she'd only been working so long. So she was able to kind of, um, work with her to not really expose that and, um, look terrified of her. And, you know, that was great. So, yeah. And, you know, and, you know, I don't know, necess- this isn't necessarily any secrets because anybody that has, uh, uh, for example, watched because you know she came from the uh, Rocky Mountain Pro, uh, you know, uh, company. Uh, that before uh, she uh, left Rocky Mountain Pro, um, the women's division in Rocky Mountain Pro was a, a little light in numbers. So before she left, she started uh, having a lot of matches, uh, taking on a lot of the men, and you know, it, it worked because of the character of Abaddon, and and so. Right. Uh, you know, so it's not know, man or it, woman. It's more like undead. <laughs> right, exactly. So, in in my opinion, uh, it kind of uh, helped her to 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 actually move on and, and get a little more experience to you know actually get in there and where where there are more numbers in AEW with with women, for example. Sure. So it kind of helped her, you know, because she was only could get to a certain point wrestling men. You know, you know, let's just be honest right. about it. So getting back in there and, and it's it now been able. to to get in exposure with a lot of these independent uh, women that we, we see Abaddon um, basically every other week on Dark or Dark Elevation. 
So it's it's good right. to see and and just see that this goes. My only my only concern, my only upset is that you know they did have a, a revisit of uh, Abaddon and, and Sheeta, and you know they did mix it up a little bit on uh, on Dynamite, but it it didn't go anywhere. So I don't know what exactly, and I don't ask because I I'm not going to be one of those people. Sure. So I don't ask I don't ask Abaddon about any inside information. And I was like, but 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 yeah, I was kind of going to get that to that too my opinion is that there might be a reason why Britt Baker is the as the uh, women's champion in AEW now that's just I'm just going to I'm just going to put it out there what what do you think what what's your thoughts what's your opinion what are you, what are you referencing with that I mean I think I think Britt is established and I think they I think the women's division as a whole had to grow before they wanted to waste all their good stories on people you know right away but what's what's your reference? What are you referencing by saying well, that there's a, well, there, it is Britt Baker DMD got Abaddon with her characteristics. I think those just I just think those two things, and then you got Rebel on the on the outside as the as the you know as the interference. I just think I just I just looking that the the three of them can pull off a good uh, a good storyline. And like I said, you got the dentist and you got the un the un. You know, and you got Abaddon, the undead yeah. girl. You know, so it's. Uh, oh, so you, you think that it'll work well to maybe bring Abaddon up? Um, I mean, I, I'll tell you my my thoughts here. And these, you know, sure, I've I've talked to Abaddon. All she did was growl back, right? No, but like I've talked to a little bit, but I also try not to uh, to pry. Yeah, uh, it's not my business. And also, look, I, there are just certain things I don't want spoiled. I like to be, <laughs> exactly. I like to be surprised and entertained. There are sometimes Nick will tell me, "Don't get to the show early. I've got a surprise." And, I want to see the look on your face. Don't get it early. And, uh, and I like that, right? So with Abaddon, here's my thoughts. I believe without anybody telling me that, and this is not negative, this is just straight up, I believe that she got signed not for the quality that she was then, um, but because of the upside. Uh, the fact that she was already there having only trained for a year. And I feel the same way about Heidi, but you know, not talking about getting signed. Uh, but there's a lot of upside, and uh, clearly the fact that she had two workouts, they they worked out locally with Dustin, and then Dustin asked them to stay for the women's workout. So he clearly saw that she was willing to put in the work, um, that, you know, she, um, sure, she wanted to, like, get in better shape, and she's also, she's also done an incredible job of that. You really got to admire the work she's put in on that just to, you know, be more confident and, you know, I guess more appealing TV-wise, but... Um, she's just put in so much work and her moves have gotten so much smoother and she hasn't done anything that looks sloppy on TV. She like works on things. And then as she gets them better, she puts them onto her TV arsenal. Mm -hmm. So I think AEW knew that I, I think AEW did not intend to sign her thinking how good she'd be right then. Cause if that was the case, she'd probably have been let go by now. Um, you know, like they hadn't given her a major push. So that's what that would look like, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. But I think they hired her for uh, her work ethic, what she could be. Um, she had a lot of upside and they could probably get a pretty good deal on her, right? You know, and um, they certainly needed a women's division. They didn't have much. Having the, given that she has recently moved down to Dustin's school, obviously you want to say never say never in this business because you see with WWE, you know, letting Aleister Black go and things like that. And, Anything can happen. You never really know why. It could be just a business reason, right? But yeah. um, I don't think they have any plans. So kind of, I don't think she would have made the move without having a serious conversation about her you know, potential and where she stands. And uh, I think she's investing everything she possibly can into developing herself and getting better. She's gone, not to be corny, but all in on this, right? Mm -hmm. 
and uh, you know she's engaged and you know, I hate to break it to everybody else, but um, you know she's got she's got a, a committed thing, and this guy said, yeah, like look, let's move together, and sp- I'm going to support your career, and um, so I don't see her necessarily going anywhere. I think the reason they just kept her on dark is they're trying to keep her exposed so people don't forget about her. Yeah, but they're not trying to put her on the main screen where all of a sudden all these people that don't know that she was so green or like, you know, Oh, she's, she's not as fine tuned as Britt Baker in the ring yet. You know, who is this? And I think if they'd overly pushed them, pushed her onto the viewers, um, that it might've just kind of overexposed what could be solved by letting her continue to develop and then give her a push. Uh, so, I mean, that's my opinion about it. I don't, I hadn't even thought about the Britt Baker thing. Um, you know, clearly Abaddon's gotten a lot better, so she might start seeing you know main show minutes. I think Rampage will be great for that. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see her going anywhere. If anything, I think the best is yet to come. Oh yeah, because uh, I I feel like AEW were not stupid and knew what they were getting when they signed her, and um, I believe that that was a you know three year investment or something like that, right? Two two year contract maybe uh, to give her time to develop and actually see where she gets uh, before they kind of I guess you know, spend more resources on her or, you know, whatnot. So everything's kind of going right in line with what I thought with her. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not saying that Abaddon's going to be taking on Britt Baker at uh, All Out or even, you know, even probably even Revolution, but I'm just, you know, they, you know, AEW does take their time with things, and I think they're, they're yeah, they, I, I think they, they do the, have a long do run. Slow, slow roll with it. So, yeah, I, I definitely think Britt's reign will not be short. I don't think she's a transition, you know, oh, champion. Oh no. Um, but Hey man, uh, I know you also, I know are probably, I mean, I'm good on time for a minute. I know you'll probably edit this, but I know you also wanted to talk about the ring announcing thing. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, like I said, all this, all this really happened organically. Um, just being around and being genuine and trying to help everybody, uh, made people, I guess, know my name at least and take me seriously if I ever did ask for something. And, uh, basically, uh, Mario, the, kind of one of the two owners is Mario and, and Juan Carlos yeah. uh, that run IWC. And I'd reached out to Mario cause I'd go to a couple of the shows and for some reason he would just reach out to me. Like, I don't know what he thought I did in wrestling, but he thought that like, he would always message me be like, who do you think I need to book? Or like, what can I do to make this better? And uh, I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I can, I can look into it for you, but I don't, I don't know what it takes to book a show or get sponsors or things like that. Um, you know, and, and but basically I said, you know, uh, I wouldn't mind being a ring announcer sometime. It just came up. I was mm-hmm. like, it was like, why don't you wrestle? And I was like, because I wrestled high school, the real, you know, legit stuff, and I wasn't very good. Like, I don't have good lungs. Uh, you know, I don't have a good stamina no matter how much I work out. Like, I just, uh, I don't think I, I want to do that. And I don't want to hurt anybody. And I don't want to get hurt. And I wouldn't mind being a ring announcer. And so he was like, all right, cool. Be our new ring announcer. And I was like, all right. So, uh, he basically just had me come in. And, uh, since then, you know, it's been very different because a lot of the show, um, is heavily featured in Spanish, like a lot of the promos and things like that, but I'm not doing commentary. Right. You know, I know he wanted to do it because I think the long term idea was to start getting the show streamed and put it on fight, which Mm. we've yet to do. Um, but that was the idea that we put it on fight. A lot of these people speak English. That's a lot of people that spend money on a, you know, a card over the internet speak English, right? And they want to know what's going on. And so uh, he's, you know, that was kind of the idea. Is I, I try to speak a little Spanish, uh, a little Spanglish to keep, you know, pop the crowd. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I opened the yeah. show Damas y Caballeros a lot of times, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's got me accepted. Yeah. I remember yeah. the first show I got I got in the ring because they used to just have this pretty girl in some evening, you know, like gown, um, who didn't know a lick about wrestling. Get in there and open it, and you know, I, I'm, I'm sure Mario just gave her a sheet of paper with exactly what she needed to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I hate I hate that they fired her for me because uh, I'm not nearly as pretty. But I remember when I got into the ring in a jacket with a microphone, everybody in the crowd looked at me. It was like it was like a record scratch. Everybody looked at me like, who is this gringo? Yeah. And, uh, you know, not they weren't going to throw things at me. They were just kind of like, what is going on? And where's the girl in the dress? And so I could see the slightly confused look on their face. So that was, that was why I opened it with Damas y Caballeros. And the second I said that, and then I basically said, uh, welcome to IWC Legacy Live in Denver. Welcome to the best wrestling in the world, which I'd, I'd had translated and figured out and, like, retained. So I opened the show like that. And these people, like the Rudos guys, you know, at that show, there's, like, that Rudos section of, of just, you know, the heel fans and with their drums and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were about to give me a, a, a real attitude check. Um, they were just getting ready to have some fun with me, right? And when I opened it in Spanish, they looked at me like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll give this guy a freebie this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I really tried to put in the work and, you know, connect with that crowd because I figured that would be my obstacle. But it's been a lot of fun. Um, I can tell you I, I didn't do it because I felt like I would naturally be comfortable doing it. I, uh, I'm in sales and I'll talk to people, but I can tell you, I, I mean, I get anxiety every time the phone rings to a client or every meeting. Like I, I just get so nervous and like I get stage fright. And um, the first show I did with Rocky Mountain Pro, I mean, I like froze like a couple times. And I mean, you know, like I, I, did, I didn't do it because I thought it'd be perfect. Like I did it because I wanted to challenge myself and, um, and, and find a way to get actually get involved in wrestling. And, uh, you know, work in it without having to do something I might not be good at. So every time I get in the ring, sure, I still, I'm just now starting to get comfortable after like, I don't know, eight or nine shows. But I can tell you, it's been a real treat because in a year, year and a half doing this, I have gotten to work with Cassandro, who, you know, is the most famous Mexican exotico wrestler of all time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, And, you know, just like I said, having gone down to Mexico and having that love for, the people and the culture and the wrestling style uh, that is, you know, Mexico and Lucha Libre. Uh, I really, I also my, my sister uh, is now sibling. She's uh, they're, they're trans, non-digital performing trans. So knowing the obstacles they grew up in and uh, some of the community that I was, you know, exposed to just growing up uh, made me very excited to see somebody like Cassandra. And I remember getting talked to him and I said, look, you know, my sister was always in gymnastics and theater growing up. But I think that's why I learned to appreciate wrestling for what it is, is being dragged all this gymnastics and theater. Because um, wrestling is like, you know, a cool way to show off those two things. And uh, I explained that, you know, my sister was probably the reason I got in at that level and what they've you know, gone through with their transition. And just that uh, it made me really excited to get to work with Cassandra and that it was going to be quite a pleasure. And I mean, the guy set down his makeup, he was doing his makeup. I set everything down and just said, you know, hey, like, that is so nice to, you know, hear. Like, I, I look forward to working with you too, man. And he has since been, uh, we talk on Instagram, you know, like, he, uh, we, we talk whenever he's going to come back and things like that. We've always talked about grabbing lunch and it's never happened. But so really just to get to work with people on the level of the IWC books, because uh, I believe that they do bring in the biggest talent that comes through Denver, if not all of Colorado. Um, so if you haven't checked out IWC Legacy, uh, please do. It's always a small crowd. So it's a very intimate setting, but I mean, they bring in 
uh, like I said, Cassandro, they've brought in Bandito, Phoenix, uh, you know, Flamita, uh, Pentagon, Ricochet, uh, Jimmy Havoc. Um, there were talks we were going to uh, try to get Nick Gage, and that kind of fell through, I think, because of the AEW thing. Uh, but we brought it, you know, we brought in literally the biggest, the biggest talent. Um, and it's, it's, it's a real treat to get to work with these guys and to, I mean, you know, I, like I said, I, I try not to get like starstruck around anybody or whatever, but it, it is really, really cool to work with a uh, Rocky Romero or, uh, you know, Jake Christ is, is such a nice guy as well. Yeah. And uh, the ring announcing has made it so, you know, all the local guys accept me because I was friends with Nick and friends with Mike Seidel and that was good enough for them. But it's different when you're talking to, you know, a, what we might call a superstar, you know, like a well-established wrestler. Um, and having that microphone in my back pocket and, you know, knowing that I'm part of the show, they, they actually do, you know, we, we have a real conversation. Yeah. And so that's been really nice. I, I now basically have connections where when I do travel, like I'm going to Chicago coming up for, uh, all out and all those shows. And, and uh, yeah, this connection of, of working and wrestling has now made it so that, you know, I get invited to like after parties and, you know, the, the worker bar where everybody goes and hangs out after. And I've, I've had a lot of great stories that I could not share on this podcast. <laughs> um, and, uh, so yeah, you know, my advice to anybody is if you do have a desire to get involved, get involved. And if you do get involved, you know, some advice is if, if you don't want to train, but you want to just kind of get involved and help out is, uh, everybody starts by setting up the ring, right? Like that's what I did. I was starting to be friends with everybody and I just felt obligated to help set up. I didn't even know how because I don't wrestle. But, uh, you know, I just help them carry in stuff, and I think that earned respect for people. And um, Don't be afraid to uh, ask to help, but also don't be discouraged if it's a very guarded world and it takes time to earn people's trust. And, oh, yeah. you know, don't, tr- don't try too hard, but try every time type of thing. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's my advice to people. Is obviously, this is a... This is a uh, very unique subculture that a lot, you know, people don't like wrestling. They just, they like hate it for some reason, even if they have no exposure and the people that love it, love it. Yeah. So we could could use all the help we could get, you know, like buy a t-shirt, talk to these guys, you know, get involved, bring people. If if you bring people and the booker's getting paid more, he'll notice. And uh, just, you know, like anything in life, don't be a closed mouth. Don't get fed. If you want something from the world, you only got one life, go take it. You know, ask ask people questions and ask ask people questions that you wouldn't normally ask that you feel like maybe you should. You know, like maybe it'll come off weird, but that's not unusual in wrestling. Like, there's plenty of weird people asking questions in wrestling. So <laughs> get involved and and do anything you can. Like you are it. I mean, that's the reason people respect you so much. You're, I mean, you're. I don't know you that well, but I would take it that you're a little bit of a historian. Are you are you good with like baseball stats? Are you the guy that like tracks every pitch? I I am actually not, but uh, you know I, okay. I enjoy I enjoy the fandom. I enjoy the the experience of it, and that's uh, you know ever since I went to my first, for example, indie indie show, uh, you know it's it's just kind of taken off from there, and you know from there, you know it just the the experience of making these connections is kind of what you're you know all yeah. encompassing with with everything you're saying, uh, you know. And, and speaking of making the connections, and I want to step back just a little bit because didn't get. 
get to yeah. ask you, but uh, doing the the ring announcing for IWC Legacy, uh, how much work do you have to put in, and how much information gathering are you doing to make sure that you, for example, you are saying somebody's uh, name correctly, getting their information, kind of getting their story, what yeah. they want, what what they want you to kind of like emphasize with their uh, with you their you know you announcing them uh in how's, how's story that? to put over yeah yeah because yeah. the ring announcer is doing that a little bit because you want some some kind of thing on the, on the ring announcing when they make their uh entrance yeah so um i i will tell you this i never ever want to bite the hand that feeds me so you might just have to draw inferences here but yeah. um when, when I showed up my first day to IWC, one, I got there, you know, right as doors were open and I didn't want to be pushed for time and I, cause I, that would make me stressed and I knew I'd never done this before, right? So I needed all the time possible. And I just showed up with index cards and a pen and a bottle of water cause I get parched when I get nervous. Yeah. And that was it. And I showed up in a, in a jacket, you know, and, uh, I went to Mario and I said, all right, what do I say? And he goes, uh, let me come back to you. I'll, I'll get back to you in like five minutes. Well, he's busy running around doing whatever it takes to put on a show. And so I come up to him five minutes later. I'm like, hey, can we talk? No, no, no. Like, just... So I quickly realized I was going to have to do this on my own. And I, I will, I'll go into the details, but I will also tell you that over, over these shows, um, I have this has basically become my role and become my identity backstage that uh, at least the reoccurring guys uh, know that I'm the guy. And I think they tell the features that I'm the guy too. Like, you know, they come up to me and they say, what match, um, you know, what order are we coming out? Yeah. Uh, what does the booker want, you know, and basically like, <laughs> I can't reach Mario. Can you tell me what, what I'm doing here? Can you tell me how long of a match I need to focus on and things like that? Right. Uh, I'm not trying to break kayfabe too hard, but I realized this was my opportunity to step up. Um, Mario had asked me ideas on how to improve the company, but you don't want to come out your first show with all these ideas when you don't know what you're talking about. So that was, that was the way I thought I could really help it is take a lot of Mario's plate and assume this ownership of, my role and stop asking Mario and start just making it happen, which is good advice in any job, I think. Yeah. So, uh, the first show was kind of like a, a lighter version of this, but now I'll kind of tell you what I do now. Uh, I show up early and I immediately go try to find Mario, uh, to get the card. Right. And I, I either get it from the DJ or the DJ because they have a DJ to play music already has it. And Mario will have all the matches written down. The match orders may change, but it's at least, set up as far as who's coming out first and second in each match uh, because the playlist needs to be set up, right? Yeah. So that's the DJ has that order worked out. So it's possible we'll add one more match or change one match or whatever, but until I get with Mario, I know I can go ahead and get started. So what I do is I've, I write all the matches down on different entities cards and um, get, you know, kind of like the finishing information. And then I just go to the back and say, hey, my name's, you know, let's say it's like Cassandra, for example. Uh, hey, I know you're busy planning this match. Let me just get with you for two seconds. I'm John. I'm your ring announcer. I need to know um, basically what you want me to say verbiage-wise. So a lot of times they're like, well, how do you do it? I'm just like, hey, do you have a, do you have a, a phrase, like a nickname, you know, like, uh, uh, like, do you, like Cassandra, like, do you want me to say you're the most famous you know, Mexican exotico? Do you even want me to use that exotico word? Because I know we're kind of, that's, we're trying to phase that out. Uh, but like, if, if let's say they're just a local talent, you know, height, weight, where are you from? Yeah. Uh, you always want to ask that every time because somebody can work in Primo's being from Phoenix and they work at IWC from Denver. And that, that is actually a real story of uh, red bikers. He comes out from two different places. Different right. companies. And uh, you know, I am the provider. Uh, 
some of that. It, like, I'll tell you what, man, his information's changed every show where he's from. He's he's been from uh, Guyana. He has been from uh, like Death Valley. He's been from parts unknown. Like he's he's always from something different. Sometimes he weighs nine hundred ninety nine stones, and uh, you always want to ask, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know if they're trying to repackage their gimmick or transition away from it yeah. or go. They're trying to do a, a turn, uh, you know, from face to heel, and all that might change. So I always get that. I write down everything, and I. Then I go to Mario and say, all right, I've got all this just underlying, you know, hate to say it, but who's going over. And, uh, and then, you know, tell me how long you want each of these matches to go and I'll go back to the locker room and I'll, I'll tell everybody this information. So that's really kind of become my role. You know, sometimes 10 minutes before the show, we add a match or take away a match or change a wrestler or turn something into a triple threat. Um, the only challenge I've faced is uh, there have been a couple mistakes I've made. And it's simply been because of lack of communication, like a triple threat. There'd be two triple threats on the card, but one is a elimination match. And another is a straight up triple threat rules. First, first fall win, or let's say the championship match was a two, a two out of three falls. Right. And like, nobody told me. <laughs> so guy takes the first fall and I get on the microphone and I'm like, you're a winner. Uh-huh. You know, which uh, probably spoiled the ending of that match. If people just assumed that I already knew. So, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how I got involved. It's been a real treat to work with, you know, some of these high-level guys that come out. And, you know, uh, when Gorilla's Destiny came out, it was Tamatanga, uh, but he was on a different flight. And uh, Hikaleo and uh, Tangaloa, is that his name? And uh, those guys, Mario had me pick them up from the airport. And I... uh, it was my first ring announcing thing, right? So these were big names. It was really cool to like pick them up early. And Mario just said, Hey, the room's not going to be ready till like two o'clock and it's a nine o'clock thing. Like take them to get breakfast. I'll reimburse you. And then, you know, if they want to take a nap, like just take them to your place or something. So, uh, I pick these guys up and, you know, I tell them, I'm like, yo, I'm ring announcing the first time for the first time ever. So if you got any advice, you know, we're talking and kind of building that relationship. I take him to get breakfast, and uh, really, I tell him, I said, um, they said they were big music fans, and I said, look, I can take you to my place, and I'll let you guys crash, and I'll leave and go do something else if you guys would like. That's no problem. Um, but if you don't feel like you want to sleep yet or, you know, whatever, uh, you want to sleep when you actually get your room, then I can take out the Red Rocks. Um, during and they were like, no, there's no concert. Like we'll be working tonight. I was like, no, you can go out there during the day and walk around and check it out. And it turns out these guys were huge music fans, so they took me up on it. And uh, they'd never been to Denver, so they wanted to see the mountains. They really wanted to see the the Red Rocks Amphitheater venue um, after seeing it on TV and stuff like that. So I took them out there, and I mean these guys were blown away. Yeah. And we know living in Denver, that's a that's a bucket list venue for any musician, and it's a it's a world class venue for yeah. anybody. And, uh, so, you know, when I, I took them there and we're going up all these stairs and they're, they're just gassed because of the elevation and, um, you know, like they yeah. work out and they were gassed. I don't, I don't work out and I was gassed and I live yeah. here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, but when they get to the top and they look down and they see it, I mean, you could, you could see a glow on their face like it was Christmas. And, uh, I took them all the way down the stage and I said, you know, the first show here, I believe, I believe it was Led Zeppelin. I think it was. And I told them that. And I said, the Beatles have played here and, you know, a lot of important people have sat here. And uh, I told them they do, you know, yoga in the mornings there. And on 9-11, they climb the stairs in remembrance of it and things. And yeah. um, 
I took them to the museum in the back. And I mean, these guys spent way longer than I was prepared to spend in this museum. They were looking at everything and taking pictures and, um, they just really appreciated it. And likewise, I was just kind of getting involved in working in wrestling. And I was thinking, here's these new Japan guys that, um, liked me enough to go to Red Rocks. So, um, yeah, we did that. I took them off to the continental divide, you know, let them take some pictures and see things and, um, just kind of showed them around. And like, like I said, I, I just try to treat everybody I meet with that attitude. Like, I don't know, like, that's cool that you're a great wrestler. And I certainly admire, you know, your accomplishments and how you've entertained me. But at the end of the day, these guys are just people. I mean, heck, some of the people you idolize, you probably make more money than them, you know? And, uh, yeah, like just treat them like people and be normal. Like, God, like if if you're just, if you just talk to them like a normal person, Mm -hmm. you're already ahead of 95% of the people that they encounter. And, uh, I mean, I, I love wrestling, but you know, I think we all have a love hate relationship with wrestling fans as a whole. And, and, uh, you know, we wrestlers wouldn't be anywhere without them, but you know, at the same point, um, I, I, I can summarize it like this. There's, I don't meet a lot of people at shows. It's not every day that I meet somebody at a show that I actually want to go have a beer with. And I, so when I find somebody that I really like, like I really try to capitalize on it and not blow it <laughs> and, uh, you know, get their information, hang out with them and kind of nurture that relationship. So, yeah. um, yeah, you know, if you, if you start getting involved in wrestling, like just, talk to him like a normal person man you know like i i didn't ask for a picture with those guys while i was at red rocks i kind of regret that and i didn't ask for one until we got to the hotel but um we had Kalisto, we had samurai del sol the other day for um for like a uh merch table he didn't he didn't work but he was uh featured as like the meet and greet for our last show yeah and uh i'd listened to his Chris, I think it was Chris Van Vliet. Yeah, I listened to his Van Vliet interview. Uh, great podcast if you never listened to Chris Van Vliet. Fantastic interviewer. Um, and I learned a lot about this guy that I never knew because he's you know confined to the role that I saw in WWE. Right. And uh, it, it seemed like we had a lot in common. Like he kind of like I have ADHD, and I could tell from listening to him. I was like, this guy, he's been very open about having like anxiety and things like that, but. Uh, he never just coined it like that. And I asked him first, and I was like, I feel like we have a lot in common. Like, listen to your interview, man. Like, I, I enjoyed it. And I was like, I, I could tell, like, you, you know, get sidetracked with things. Like, do you have this? And he was like, heck yeah, I do. And like, I think as soon as I said that, we just, like, bonded. He ended up taking my number and then, like, invited me to go out to eat with him after the show, after he'd left and go back to the hotel. And um, he's actually since. He's t- he texted me the other day when I posted that I was going to PWG, asking if I could help him get booked which I have no responsibility over, right? But, um, super, super nice guy. So, um, yeah, I've had, a, I've had a lot of fun with it, man. It's when I leave Denver in a few months, it is going to make me very sad. I'll bet, yeah. Like there's, I've, I've built a lot here, um, but I'm going to be very sad about it. Yeah. Are you thinking about, uh, you know, exploring uh, the community there and uh... – uh, finding a, a spot to uh, help with your uh, your fandom, your passion? Yeah. Um, Chattanooga and, you know, Tennessee as a whole does not have um, the wrestling scene, the uh, training schools, uh, and the level of quality shows that we have out here and a lot of the West Coast has. Um, in the South, everybody likes wrestling, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot of uh, – you know, it's, 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 I haven't seen a lot of Southern companies that, you know, a lot of people break out of that scene either. 
And um, so I have reached out to the Chattanooga Wrestling and just said, hey, I'm going to move out there soon and out here, here's what I do. And I'm not saying you necessarily need a ring announcer right now, but when I come out there and introduce myself to you, I want to know, I want you to know who I am. And uh, if I say I want to get involved, I want you to know that, like, I have the resume for it, you know, like, yeah. let me help. Um, and I haven't gotten a response there, but uh, Ricky Morton, we went to the GCW show in Wyoming uh, yeah. about a month ago or whatever. Yeah. And Ricky Morton uh, was the featured, and, you know, um, my fiance's from Knoxville. I'm from Memphis. So we had Jerry Lawler, but out in Knoxville, uh, Ricky Morton was, I mean, Ricky Morton and Kane are like the products out of, out of you know, where she's from. Yeah. And Ricky has a school about an hour away from Knoxville. And uh, my first exposure to Ricky outside of television and recordings was when I was at Joey Janela's Spring Break in New York, where the Rock and Roll Express basically had their biggest match in years, and they wrestled uh, LAX, Santana and Ortiz. I don't know if you saw the video where uh, Ricky Morton took the Canadian Destroyer or gave it. But that basically revitalized his career, um, and now he's been doing things with GCW and things like that. Right. So uh, he had a hell of a match. And so, anyways, I see him at GCW Wyoming, and I say, hey, you know, I'm from Tennessee, witness from Knoxville. We're going to move to Chattanooga. Uh, I do ring announcing and just kind of in general, I'm one of the boys here. So if I ever come out your way, um, I'd love finding a way to get more involved. And, and he immediately was like, all right, send me a message right now. So I have it. And that way, when you send it to me again, I'll be able to see what this conversation was about. And, you know, yeah. And uh, he, he wanted me to plug that he has a show. He, they air their show, I think it's like weekly on YouTube, uh, School of Morton. So maybe you'll see me there one day. Um, yeah. But yeah, I want to get more involved, man. I, I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know what that'll look like. You know, Chattanooga only has one company and I, they're, they're not that big a city. So maybe that'll involve me going to Nashville for shows. Maybe that'll involve me going to Atlanta. Right. Um, I can certainly tell you AEW is probably not going to come to Chattanooga, and I'm going to have to drive for a show like that. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to try to come out to Denver, too. You know, when Triple L, Lucha Libre Laughs, has their anniversary two-night shows or something, Yeah. Um, I'll try to come out here for that. Or if there's a Triple L and another wrestling show another day or maybe a concert or something at Red Rocks, I, I mean, I'm going to make it back. Whitney's best friend is going to have a baby soon. Um, you know, I'll be back and. You never know when I'm going to be the run-in ring announcer to hit that little girl in the evening dress with a chair and take the microphone from her and work that show that night. Uh, I might even do it without Mario asking me to. I might just surprise him. Might be the the Rudo run-in ring announcer. That's what I'll do. Yeah, um, that would be different. So, yeah, you know, like I, I plan on staying involved because I can tell you it's really enriched my life. Like I went yeah. from watching wrestling but not having a lot of friends in my personal life and not really meeting a whole lot of people at shows that I, I did want to hang out with, uh, at least now that I'm, I mean, I'm 33, you know, like not a whole lot of people my age that you find right there. A lot of people are younger than their going out phase or they're older, longtime fans, you know? And yeah. Uh, so it's kind of hard to just meet wrestling print fans, uh, wrestling fan fans. Yeah. So getting to know the actual wrestlers has given me like, I mean, friend groups, you know, it's like go out with and, um, that's who I hang out with. So it's, it's going to be real sad to leave these guys, but I'm going to try to capitalize on that. Um, I want to be involved. I like the level of give and take, you know, um, I like just having that network where if I need something, like if I want to hook up on a ticket or 
if I want to like help set up a ring, but I can't afford the ticket to the show that night, I want to be able to like ask somebody and get a little hookup here or there in exchange for giving something back. And uh, just kind of having the respect of the scene, you know, like I don't want to lose that. Right. So, I've worked yeah. really hard for it. And yeah. it, it yeah. really, it makes me happy. Yeah. Like I don't take it for granted. Yeah. And at this point, and I, I would think you would uh, concur and agree with this, that you got to keep, you know, we've uh, gotten this far. We've uh, enjoyed our fandom with everything that we've done yeah. so far. There's no reason, absolutely no reason to let it die. Uh, you know, no, if, if anything, I just started getting paid for ring yeah. announcing. Yeah, like I wasn't always getting paid at IWC, and but I think they saw like how much work I was putting into it, and yeah. that I at first I was just getting like some food and a beer. Yeah, um, but now I mean I don't get paid much, but like I get something, and maybe I could take this somewhere. Like I, I work in sales, man. I'm gonna put on my resume that I I do public speaking through like like emceeing live events. I don't have to put wrestling. Yeah. I can tell them that in the interview, but like, yeah, I'm an announcer for live sporting events. I can say, I'm going to put that on there. And yeah. likewise, I, I don't know. I'm, maybe there is a scene out there that I can get involved in. Maybe there are more people to learn right. from. And maybe I can find a, a, a pay increase doing it. Uh, who knows? You know, um, maybe I'll start travel blogging. That's something I've always thought about doing. Yeah. Uh, like wrestling travel blogging where I don't just review the shows. There's a million people that don't wrestle that review shows. Right. But right. You know, I could talk about like where I stayed in Tijuana and, you know, like why you should not be scared to go to Tijuana and, you know, go see a show there and kind of the rules for the road down there. Things yeah. to know or like how to get PWG tickets. I don't know. Like I could, I could do some, I'm thinking about that. <laughs> um, I want to stay involved in some capacity. So. Yeah. That's I feel awesome. like you feel the same way. Oh yeah, and you know you know what it's like when you feel like you have the acceptance of your peers. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I I didn't put this out on the uh, inner uh, social media or anything yet, but I kind of uh, feel like uh, maybe I've uh, accepted when you've uh, taken your first uh, 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 first slap and first punch uh, at an event. So <laughs> have you, you know? have you have you taken a chop or uh, gotten uh, taken a bump? I've not taken a bump, but I have taken a quote-unquote uh, chop and a quote-unquote punch it was, oh, it was it was all it was it was it was always it was well i mean it was you know it was playful stuff it wasn't you know like any you know to be completely forthright it wasn't any uh, thing but it was just it was backstage stuff with everything that i've kind of do for you know in the uh, in the industry but uh it's like you know I I mean, was like, okay, you're accepted for an hour <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, yeah, no oh no! Sure. No! 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 It was it was it was completely playful or playful. It was uh, it was it was just kind of fun stuff. You're you're just talking, you know, with people and 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 things, and they, you know, it's like okay, so you know, you got to learn how to sell it too, you know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You but, know, before I leave, I, I think I'm gonna have some blowout thing where <laughs> maybe I like, I'm a, a fan but a plant, and yeah, like, why not? You know, nobody likes it when a fan tries to get involved, and maybe like. I'll actually try to get involved, and instead of just getting tackled, like a wrestler will take off my shirt and chop me. Yeah, it's like a sending away party. I don't know. We'll figure out something. Yeah, why not? I've always wanted to, to take a chop. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, man, I uh, appreciate you having me. I, I don't yeah. know, did we cover everything you wanted to cover. I think uh, that might, yeah, I, I think that might be a, a fantastic uh, place to uh, uh, wrap this up. Uh, but you know, do before you do, I always do ask everybody uh, to plug any um, social media. 
uh, or anything like that. But in in this particular case with the like the fan Fridays that I'm that I'm doing, uh, do you uh, have first of all any social media thing you would like to plug? And then you know I think you've already pretty much mentioned this show, but do you want to, uh, of course, anything wrap up? Uh, you know, advice for uh, in this case fans. Um, you know, you know how to you know be a fan. You know, explore your fandom. You know, what's what's your take? What what's something that you like to would you like to emphasize for the listeners? Uh, I will give a, a couple plugs because uh, you never know where I'm going to be in wrestling. And if anything, if you're a fan, you'll like it. Uh, my Instagram, where I post a lot of content from my travels, PWG, uh, Crash, Lucha Libre, backstage pictures, meeting Chris Jericho, whatever, mm-hmm. is El Tigre, E-L-T-I-G-R-E, so the tiger in Spanish, 303, El Tigre 303. That's my Instagram. My Twitter is J. Craft with a C901, so J-C-R-A-F-T-901. My friend's podcast, the guys that I travel with that I met at Battle of Los Angeles, they do a podcast. uh, They've taken a little bit of a break during COVID, but now they're starting back. It's uh, Grown Men Watch This, and um, it's Grown Men Pod on Twitter. And I am occasionally the run-in reporter. Whenever I go out of town or take a cool trip, they have me on to talk about my travels. Um, But those are good guys that uh, I have a huge... Uh, friendship with and you know travel with and i want to make sure that you know you can, can occasionally find me on there uh so those are my plugs um uh, if you're ever in denver look up Lucha Libre and laughs because they are going to be awesome and they've been really good to me as well uh as far as i mean what'd you say advice for a fan yeah yeah any any, any parting words of wisdom for like uh the fans out there you know, like in particular since that's kind of the focus of, of this particular subset of episodes yeah so i mean to the fan in general um just be normal be cool. Uh, don't try to get yourself over and enjoy, you know, enjoy the show and don't try to interfere. Just boo the bad guy and cheer the good guy. Now, if you're asking for like a fan that wants to get involved, yeah, sure. One, the same thing. Cause you, they, if, if you have a reputation at the show of like, you know, this is a guy who sure will take his money, but like he always starts bad chance or just tries to like make it about him and not just enjoy the show or whatever. Like, you know, they're, they're going to know who you are. Like, I mean, either they don't know who you are or they know who you are. And that may not be a good thing. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, keep in, keep in mind, you never know who's watching. Um, just like a referee always brings his ref shirt anytime he goes to another show because you never know when they're going to need a ref, right? Yeah. Like, same yeah. thing. Just just always be aware. Just That's just a rule in life. You know, you don't want to be rude flipping off the dude that cut you off in traffic because that might be the dude that's going to interview you when you show up to your interview in 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, like just, just that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, two, like I said, try every time, but don't try too hard, you know, put it out there. Um, they'll just say, Oh, okay, sure. Cause people are always asking to help, but then you say it again, the next show and you don't try too hard. You say, Hey, once again, I'm this person. I just want to make sure I, I got to talk to you for a second. Like I do want to help. And simply saying it twice, like I said, it puts your head at 95% of the game. Yeah. So uh, offer to help put up a, a, a ring before the show offer to clean up or help break it down after. And uh, outside of that, really just bring people, help make people money. You know, everybody respects that, right? Um, And those are not things where you're trying too hard. You're just trying to do what you can do and you may not want to be a wrestler, right? So there's other things you can do. Um, But yeah, just put it out there. And uh, like I said, don't try too hard. Go slow and steady. Ask every time, but not too hard. And, And then just take what comes. Maybe you wanted to do something else but not set up the ring or whatever. Just do it. Just do it. 
Yeah. Um, because th- that's kind of like the gatekeeper, right? Like everybody starts setting up the ring before anybody takes you seriously. Right. So, you know, it's kind of a metaphor for just like paying your dues, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's really it. And outside of that, um, check out other promotions. You know, just because you're a fan of one promotion, you don't like the other. If you're not a fan of their own screen product, um, you could help make it better by getting involved, right? Uh, like, I've got my favorite companies in Denver, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't work for another company. Because when you're working, you're not just being a fan. Yeah. You know, it's it's you're helping it run and help it get better. So it's not it's about business. It's not about your personal feelings about who they booked or whatever. You know, and so um, yeah, reach out to all the companies. You know, support every company. And don't be rude to any company and, you know, never burn a bridge, never say never and ask every time. Really, yeah. that's all I can say. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is that. Start know, a podcast. <laughs> that too. Or, you know, uh, start and continue a podcast. Keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't burn out. Do, do what you say you're going to do. And if you do anything, don't quit quickly. Yeah. Because everybody that has wrestled has known people that said how passionate they were about it, how they were going to be the next big thing. And then they quit after three weeks. Yeah. Right, like, like everybody in, in any job, everybody knows people like that. Like, he who barks loudest does not always bark last, or whatever the expression is. Right. right. So, do what you say you're gonna do. Do what people ask you to do, and uh, just be reliable. You know, that's the reputation you want. You want it to be reliable, and you want to say you want to do what you say you're gonna do. You're gonna show up when you say you're gonna show up. And you know, I hate to say this because I believe everybody should be paid their worth and should know their worth, but. You know, don't expect everything you do to be a paying gig. Right. But when you start working, yeah. ask. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, don't you know? Know your worth. Don't lose money at least. Yeah. And and, yeah, and and honestly, that is of course a uh, a, a tricky slope to uh, deal with because you got uh, arguments uh, for yeah. and uh, against that uh, that philosophy on both sides and and valid ones. Uh, so Yo, yeah, that's, I that's will a tricky speak one. Yeah. on this real quick. I mean, yeah, uh, just because I want to put that, I feel like that is a contentious argument, and yeah. every situation is different. But uh, like, look, right. we know comedians in this. We have a big comedy scene, and through Lucha Luka and Laughs, I know a lot of these guys. Comedians always start on an open mic or um, going on last for like five minutes or going on first for five minutes and not getting paid and having to drive an hour. Like that's com- that's common in, com- in comedy. Yeah. Now wrestling, you could get hurt and there's a little bit more physical liability. And I've never been a wrestler, but look, like, sure, I imagine your first couple matches, you're going to be doing it for exposure. And if you get an opportunity for bigger exposure, maybe you shouldn't demand your full booking rate. But um there's only so long you can do it before people will take advantage of that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once you've been wrestling for a little bit and you've had some gigs with the first time you got paid, you should start getting paid. Yeah. And it may not be much. You'd be surprised how many wrestlers work for $20, you know? Uh, that's the most I've ever been paid ringing out to $20, but it's a sign of respect that they appreciate the work that I put in. Right. And that they're not taking me for granted. Yeah. You know, so the ring announcer is the last guy to get paid, but at least I'm getting something. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not losing money on gas. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I get you. I totally agree. Cause there's uh parallels for what I do, uh, in that, uh, in that same, uh, argument. So yeah, that's uh, a fantastic yeah, exactly. way to look at it. Yeah. Make yourself as marketable and as worth the money as possible. Like if you, if you're not worth the money, you're not worth the money, but you're never going to get anywhere unless you are, unless you become worth something. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so work on your skills enough to demand that you should be able to get paid. Right. Exactly. You know, like you'll, you'll know who you are if you shouldn't be getting paid. But when you start feeling uncomfortable about that, it's time to speak up. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Yep, definitely yeah. great, great words there. Well, uh, John, uh, once again, uh, thank you for uh, coming on, and I uh, definitely will be uh, uh, seeing and talking to you uh, in the future. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. If you ever want to do a follow up or need anything from me, I mean, I'm I'm happy to help. I know that we went a little longer than we probably expected, but I'll let you choose how far you edit that down. And um, hey, if you ever want to have a follow up when I'm in Chattanooga, if I get more involved there, and you want to have like a, oh. a recap or you know, where's this guy now type of thing, I like maybe I'll I'll be happy to do something for you. Once again, a big, huge thank you to John Kraft for coming on to this episode of the Wrestling with Altitude podcast and introducing himself to all of our listeners and all of his exploits in the wacky world of uh, professional wrestling, from uh, ring announcing to making all those connections that he has and everywhere in between. Of course, catch him out there on the uh, social media with everything that he is doing. Now, since we have not had an episode in a while, we are not going to do a week in review uh, just because too much time has passed. But let me get you pumped up with this upcoming weekend's events. We're going to start the wrestling weekend off with Rocky Mountain Pro in Lafayette, Colorado at Romero's Canine and Tap House. At uh, the time of this uh, going out, uh, don't purchase tickets online. Just head up to Romero's in Lafayette. You want to get the details of the address and all that good stuff. Head over to rmpwrestling.com, click on the events link, and you'll get all that right there. Uh, door is at 7 p.m., and showtime is at 8 p.m., and I hope to see each and every one of you there. Then we're going to continue the wrestling weekend on Saturday, the uh, 21st, with the Colorado Springs Wrestling, the family reunion show from Sunshine Studios Live in Colorado Springs. Doors are open at 5 p.m. And it's going to be a fantastic show. A lot of things are going to come to uh, head there in Colorado Springs. And, of course, I want to see you all there as well. Then on Sunday, this is uh, exciting. I'm kind of glad to see that. Yes, the big guy is in town, but... Let's support the independent wrestling as well. We've got Hugo's Lucha Libre. They are back in action. They are going to be, uh, looks like the uh, Circus Chaos show. So Circa Chaos. I don't know how to pronounce that in Spanish. That's my best guess. Apologize, me. Apologize, this gringo. So, but it's going to be at the uh, Cool Events Center at 1050 South Sable Boulevard in Aurora, Colorado. Tickets are, um, well, actually, sorry, doors are at uh, 5.30 p.m., and it should be a, a fantastic show. we got a stacked card there at uh, Hugo's, uh, so I want to see you guys there. If you guys are not going to the, the big show from the uh, fallout uh, from their uh, Summer Spectacular, I want to see you guys head over to Lugo's, or sorry, Hugo's on, on Sunday. Before we get out of here, let's thank the uh, Training Topics Network for help hosting this show. If you like this show, catch them out there on your podcast catching uh, application of your choice, and you'll catch other great shows such as All Beer Inside, The Year Vision Showcase, The Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling Cheers. Want to get in contact with this show? WrestlingWithAltitude.com is the website 
podcast at wrestlingwithaltitude.com is the email address. We are on Facebook at Wrestling With Altitude, of course, and then on Twitter of the handle of WrestleAltitude. Help support the show. Head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Row. Purchase a shirt right there in the store. And then, of course, I do have some of those on hand. Uh limited sizes from what I've uh, the original purchase and what has been depleted so but if you want to get it right there right now just catch me at a show that I am at and your purchase would be greatly appreciated help support this show once again I want to thank you for listening and having fun wrestling with altitude <laughs>